What we do here at Crossroads most of the years, we will work our way either through a book of the Bible or we will work our way through a concept of the Bible. And uh, most often you'll find us preaching in series for a number of weeks. And uh, over these next three weeks of May, we will be talking about the power of alignment. And so I want to invite you to be with us for all three weeks because they are each one important of themselves. Uh, This series, you can't just break it up and say, well, I'll get that part and I'll have it. Uh, It doesn't quite work that way. And so I would encourage you to be here with us. And if you can't be, uh, then uh, catch the podcast and uh, make sure you don't miss any one of these messages. Let me also put a hint out toward June. Very excited for the series we'll be doing for four weeks in June. And that will be on the Daniel Dilemma. And we will be working our way through the book of Daniel uh, and looking at how to live in a culture that is not going in the right direction. How do you handle that? How, how do you live in that kind of culture that doesn't want to coexist with your beliefs? Uh, how do you navigate that? And so that will be a very powerful series in June, so be sure and be here with us for that. We have a gift also for all the ladies that are here, some sweets for the sweet, and uh, so be sure and uh, get yours after service today. Uh, We are doing this series because I believe, this is my personal belief, that there's power in alignment. For example, if you said, well, I want to run the mini, you know, or I want to run a marathon, Uh, It would not be enough to say mentally, I think I can do it. I can do this. Now, I think that's important. And it's important that you maybe say it and speak it. and Say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I've got this. But how many know it'd probably be a good idea to run a little bit first, right? (laughs) Be, Be good to put some action to that. And uh, same thing in dieting. You know, you can't just say, I'm getting thinner. <laughs> oh, man, I am losing weight. I, you know, you can think it and you can speak it, but you got to get away from the buffet line, right? <laughs> Come on, somebody. You got you to put some action to it, right? And, and so uh, there's three strategic areas in our lives that if we're going to achieve all that God has for us to achieve in life, if you're really going to maximize your life, you need to have your mind, your mouth, and your manners, your, your lifestyle lined up in alignment. And, and as that happens, then you can accomplish more than you could accomplish if you just had one out of the three. And so today, we're going to look at where it all starts, because it all starts in the mind, right? It all starts in the mind. And so we're going to look at winning the war in your mind. And the reason why we're talking about winning a war in our mind is there's a guy in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, who wrote... A, at least half uh, approximately of the New Testament. So this is a heavyweight person 
speaking to us on spiritual things. And he refers to this battle in the mind. He refers to struggles that, you know, I want to do something and I don't do it. And I don't want to do something and I do it. Can anybody identify with this guy? Yeah, and, and, and so he says there's a struggle that goes on in my mind. There, there's this battle. But, but what I do is I recognize that it's a battle. And I wrestle against it. And, and I fight against these things. And I struggle with it. And I war against it. And he says, and then ultimately, I believe I win as a result. And my desire for you today is that you would win this battle. That you would win the battle for your mind. And there is a battle for your mind. Uh, There is an enemy who wants to win that fight because he knows if he can win that fight that he can knock you out. But I believe that you're going to overcome through him who is more powerful than the enemy, right? How many believe that today, right? He's more powerful than the enemy. So if you have a Bible, let's look at what Paul wrote. And he wrote a lot. We won't have time today. In, on your own time, I would encourage you just to research all the times the, the Bible talks about the mind and, and about our thoughts and, and things of that nature. It would be a fascinating study if you would just do that. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3, here's what Paul says. For though we live in the world, okay, we, we live in the world, but we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power. They have explosive power. And really the power that he's using there, that that word dunamis, is really this explosive power. It's where we get dynamite from. And it's the kind of power that can raise dead people back to life. It's the kind of power that God has. The ability that after three days to be able to raise Jesus back to life and to demolish strongholds. That word is fortress. Someone who's been taken captive, who's been locked away, who is, who is uh, confined. And, and so what happens is Paul says our enemy is fighting against us. He's trying to shape our thinking, and and one thought at a time, he puts a brick on top of a brick, and and then there's another brick in the wall. Come on, somebody, all right? And and finally, uh, he's built a fortress around us, and and we get to the point where maybe you, you can't trust people. You just can't trust people. You got to stay on guard, you know, or maybe you think thoughts of, you know, I'll never succeed in life, or I'll always be broke, or God doesn't really care about me, or I just feel the rejection of every person. It just seems like everything I tried to go to do, I just get the cold shoulder. I never can succeed in life in doing what I want to do. You have all these kinds of thoughts that can come your way. So let's read what Paul says in the next verse, verse 5. Here's what he says. So here's what we do about these thoughts. 
We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we're, we're going to come back to this over and over again as we look today to how to take care of our thoughts because for better or for worse, the life you're living now is a reflection much of the thoughts you are thinking. And so the power of our mind can't be overemphasized. If you change your thinking, you can change your life. Turn to the person next to you and say, neighbor, if you change your thinking, you can change your life. Right? You, you can change your life. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. I remember hearing about this scripture even when I was a teenager that, that as you think, you will be the power of your mind. If you think you can't, you probably won't. It's true. If you think you can, you probably will. If you dwell on problems, they'll overwhelm you eventually. But if you look for solutions you'll find some. If you feel like a victim, you'll become one. And if you believe you can overcome through Christ, then you will. Most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. Now, that's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. It's simple to comprehend, it's simple to understand, but to do it, the mind is a battlefield. And it's God's truth to you versus Satan's lies about you. And just because you have a negative thought that comes into your mind doesn't mean it has to stay there. A bird may land on my head, but I don't have to allow it to build a nest, right? So you, you may have a thought that comes to you, and you go, oh, I had that thought. Well, who said you have to keep that thought? Who said you have to hang on to that and meditate on it and, and ruminate about it? No, you, you can get rid of that thought, and you can change your life. So here's the first thing, if you're taking notes, that you need to do if you're going to win this battle over the mind, is identify your thoughts. You have to identify your thoughts. In other words, you, you kind of have a, a thought audit. What are my thoughts like through the week? Maybe you need to write them down. Just say, what kind of thoughts do I think? How many of them are negative? How many of them line up with God's word? How many of them are depressing or discouraging or, or, or telling me negative things about my life versus what God says about me. How, how does that look? So you, you've got to think about it. I, I'm telling you, you need to pay 
attention to your thoughts. You, you can't just say, well, it's just a thought. Well, I just, you, know, I, you know, I have these bad thoughts about what I, Well, you can't do that. You, you can't just ignore it. You, you can't just refuse to pay attention. You, you, Paul says, no, I pay attention to my thoughts. I pay attention to what they're, they're coming into my mind saying, and, and if they're not the right ones, identify it. And I say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not supposed to be here. That, that's, that, that has no room here. You know, if you're worried, then what you do, you start worrying about everything. You start thinking, well, what about my children? What about the future? What about money? What, what about my job? What about my health? But if you're secure in God's promises, then you do what you can do. You do as much as you can do, but then you trust that God's hand is bigger than yours and that he will do what only he can do in your life. See, and that's a whole lot better. If you have negative thoughts, you, you, you look at people critically, you find fault, you're discontented, you, you, you have a hard look on life, and maybe you're overly busy. But if you see positive, you believe the best in people. You believe life is good. You believe today was okay, but tomorrow's going to be even better. You just have an optimistic view of things because you know that God is greater than any situation, and any day he could pull you out. This could be, instead of a setback, it could be a set up for God to do something great. When your mind is consumed with this life, then you're all wrapped up in material possessions and what you have or don't have and, and, and compare yourself on social media to other people and, and whether I'm liked by people or not. But when you believe your life is here for an eternal difference, then you believe that your life is here for more than just stuff and more than just things. It is to make an impact on people and, and forever and forever and forever. Your gifts, talents, and abilities were given by God for a reason. When you change your mind, you change your life. What comes into your mind comes out of your life. If you think critical thoughts, you'll have a critical spirit. If you believe the day is going to be hard, most likely it will. You either, you know, you're one of these two people, I've said this before, you either get up and say, good morning, Lord, or good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> Which one are you? If you have faith, you're positive. You, no matter what happens, you believe that God is in this. He's going to make a way even where there seems to be no way. You quote Romans 8.28, that all things work together for my good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. So even if there's bad stuff that comes into my life, it came through the hand of God. He knew it was going to happen, and he's already making a way out. No matter what you do, what you have, who you know, where you go, what you buy, or where you travel, you cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Cannot be done. 
Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you right now? If not, then identify them. Identify them. Figure out, oh, that's, that's probably what's causing this. That's the start of it. That, that's the beginning of me feeling bad. That's the beginning of me feeling negative. That, that's the beginning of me acting up. That's the reason why I said those hurtful words. It started with this thought. And you identify it. And then the second thing you do is you recognize your strongholds. You got to recognize your strongholds. Paul says what the enemy does is he tries to build up strongholds in our life. Again, it's brick by brick. He tries to bring up these, these strongholds to hold us back. You're not good enough. My past is too bad to overcome. I can't trust other people. I'll never get ahead in life. I'll never get close to God. I'll never have the job that I want to have. I always have too much to do. I will always be stuck in a bad marriage. When you have negative thoughts, do you know this? It changes the chemical balance of your mind. This is science, all right? The neurotransmitters of your mind begin to activate and reinforce the thoughts. They begin to build it up just like a stronghold. And, and this is the reason why Paul, Paul didn't know how to talk maybe about neurotransmitters and, and, and he didn't know about dopamine and, and he didn't know that, you know, you could get a little hit from certain thoughts in your life by science, but he told us, spiritually speaking, that it happens. And now science backs it up. It says, yes, Paul is right. When you make comments and, and, and when you uh, make a post and people comment on your post, dopamine. And, and if you don't get, some of us, if you don't get enough dopamine, uh, then you just take that picture down, right? Because I, I thought that'd do better than that. You know, when you uh, do something and, and, and someone compliments you, and all of a sudden, dopamine. So you think, I need to do that again. When Rochelle texts me and says, I'm looking forward to our date night tonight, dopamine. Go home early, right? So worry, the worst case, the fear, the, the anxiety, all this, this worst case scenario begins to come. And what happens is, Paul says, what the enemy's trying to do is thought by thought, brick by brick, he is building a fortress in your mind that will incarcerate, listen, you. You'll be the prisoner of your own very thoughts. And what happens is scientists say that you are creating neurological pathways, billions of pathways in your mind, and your mind is lazy. Listen to this. It's always looking for the easiest route. 
And, and so what happens is when, when you think a thought of, you know, it's going to be a tough day, this is going to be rough, a pathway is formed. Now tomorrow will be even easier because the pathway's been cleared. Today you established a road, you established a route in your mind so that tomorrow your mind can more easily go there, more easily think that same thought. You know, I've got a presentation I've got to make today, and your heart races, and your sweat starts coming, and you think, I'm going to be a sweaty mess. What? A pathway. I always battle weight. My family battles weight. I, I come from a long line of people who battle weight, and your mind forms a pathway. Often a pathway to the refrigerator, Right? Our thoughts are lazy. They just take the path of least resistance. And listen to this. Prayer can change this. You ready for this? Turn to the person next to you and say, are you ready for this? All right, because this is huge. This is huge, all right? This is huge. Don't miss this today. Prayer changes your brain. It's been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. Isn't that incredible? Dr. Caroline Root Leaf wrote that, author of Switch on Your Brain. Well, just as toxic, just as toxic as that are negative thoughts. See, I think that uh, worry is almost the opposite of prayer. So, because it's hard to be worrying when you're praying to an eternal God who can do anything. And, and so, when you're worrying, here's what you're doing you're just reinforcing those thoughts in your mind. And, and, and what happens is, is, you're shaping, you're literally, scientists tell us, you're literally shaping your mind. And 12 minutes of prayer. Somebody needs to hear this today. Just 12 minutes of prayer will reshape your mind. It can bring healing and renewal and can break a stronghold in your life. If you've created unhealthy neurological pathways, I'm telling you the pathway back is start praying. Start talking to God instead of talking about your problems. Talking about your situations. Talk to Him about it. And here's the last thing to do is replace your thoughts. Okay? You identify them. You, you figure out where the stronghold is. And then you got to replace it. You create this new path in your, in your brain. You say, well, hey, what's my life like? Maybe for some, when you're lonely, when you're angry, when you're bored, you say, well, then I look at porn. Well, what if you called a friend instead? Or if you say, every time I'm lonely, every time I'm, I'm bored, I'm going to call a friend. What, what if every time you, you feel bad about yourself, you start eating cake and chips and ice cream all at the same time, maybe? What if instead, every time you feel bad about yourself, you get out and take a walk? 
You go for a run. You go work out. And when you're bored, you say, well, you know, I just sit here and I I can't believe. I'm I'm just going to check Instagram for, you know, a couple minutes. And 25 minutes later, I have wasted so much time. What if instead of opening the Instagram app, you opened the YouVersion app and started reading the Bible every day? You see, there's there's time, it's time for some of you to get strong and to get built up and decide, I'm going to take authority over my mind. I'm not going to live like this any longer. To think a different way, here's what you got to do. You got to forge a different path, a new path in your brain. And the more you walk that path, the easier it'll be for your brain to travel that path. And the more you stay off the old path, the more it will overgrow until you don't even see the path any longer. Does that make sense? And so what you've got to do, you've got to make some changes for those of you with negative thoughts or critical pathways, and maybe you're judging me right now and saying, you know, what's he doing wearing that outfit today or whatever? I don't even like those pants with that jacket or whatever. Okay, I came up with this, all right? So (laughs) don't judge me, I won't judge you, all right? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Here's what Paul says. Let's wrap this up. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. This is how you do this. You've got to renew your mind. Science doesn't call it renewing your mind. Science calls it rewiring your brain. But Paul calls it the the renewing of your mind. You identify the stronghold that is holding you back. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's my marriage stinks or I'll never arrive to the career I want. I'll never be able to find someone in life. I'll always be alone. I'll never be able to know God intimately. Other people seem to have a great spiritual life, but I don't. I don't know what it is for you. But you need to identify it. And and then once you've identified it, then you need to address it. And then finally, you need to replace it. If you think, well, I'm just not lovable. I'm not worth it. I'll never be enough. Because of my past, I don't deserve anything good. God can't use me. I don't know enough. I'm stuck in life. I'll always be depressed. I'll always be broke. There are the haves and the have-nots. I'm in the nots. There's I'm helpless, I'm hopeless, I'm worthless, I'm pointless. You identify that stronghold and you say what it is. And listen, you can't change what you can't define. So you have to define it if you're going to defeat it. And you name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. And then once you start attacking that stronghold, and listen, you don't just attack it with your words. I believe you attack it with his word. I believe his word's more powerful than ours. See, here, here's the problem. Many of us, first thing we do in the morning, we get up and read bad news. Wonder what happened overnight. Wonder what new disaster is going on in the world. 
I wonder how bad my neighbors are, you know? I, I knew that about that person. And look at this and look at that. And, and here's what we do. We, we look at social media. We look at the news. We look at all these different things. What would happen if you read the word? What would happen if you began reading the word? Look at 2 Corinthians again. Paul says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to do one, to demolish strongholds. And now here, let me just highlight verse 5. We demolish argument. You don't let it build a nest. You don't let it stay. It's not okay to have that negative thought going around. It's not okay to every day just have that, well, there it goes again. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be awful today. Oh, I'm, I bet today it'll be worse than yesterday. Or, or, or my marriage is going down the tubes. Or, or my health is just deteriorating. It, it's getting worse by the day. My finances are getting awful. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up, that builds itself up against the knowledge of God. And what do we do? We take captive every thought to make it. You have to make it obedient. Listen, I wish that you could come down here today and I would just pray over you and I'd anoint you with oil. Maybe if you, if you say, oh, anoint me with oil, we'd just pour the whole bottle over your head, all right? And, and we could just, you know, oh, God, you know, just pray till your hair's all over the place and whatever, you know, just pray glory down. And you go out of here with the same stinking thinking that you walked in with. I'm trying to help you now. I, I wish I could do that. I, I wish it were that simple. But that's not what the Bible says. Here, here's what the Bible says. It says you've got to take it captive. And you've got to make it obedient. Who does that? The preacher? for you? Does Jesus do that for you? No. You've got to do that for you. you you've got to decide and determine that, you know, I, I'm not going to think these thoughts anymore because here's, here's what will happen. You'll become a prisoner of those thoughts. But that's not what Paul says. Paul says, no, do a judo move on it. Flip it around and you imprison it. Say, nah, I'm not, I'm not thinking that thought anymore. As of today, I'm thinking new thoughts. See, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. Come on, somebody, right? I'm not what I used to be. I'm not all I want to be, but I'm not what I used to be. And by God's grace and his mercy in my life, I'm going to get better today than I've been before. We have an offensive weapon. It's called the word of God. And when thoughts come in and say, I can't get it all done, we say, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I, I'm, not a, uh, I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good mom. I just looked on Pinterest and this gal, she baked cookies for the whole neighborhood on her way to pick up half the neighborhood for school. And then she's going to knit everybody a sweater during school and have it ready for them when they get home. I'm a lousy mom. 
Instead, you say, Christ in me is more than enough for today, and he has fully equipped me for the life that he has for me to live. I am well able to do all that he's called me to do. When you are scared about the future, you are not worrying because of the master in your life. You'd maybe have the wrong master, so what you say is he is master over my life, and he is setting the sail in my life, and whatever he wants to do in my life. May he have his will, his way. I believe, I trust him. I I trust the God who is able to raise even the dead back to life. And when you say, look in the mirror and you you say, I am just not attractive. There are way better people, looking people than me. Oh my gosh, I, I think I get uglier every day. What is up with this? And you say, no, no, no. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a masterpiece of his design. And so he has created me for reason purpose. Let me finish with this story. Dr. James Gillis is the only person to complete six double Ironman triathlons. Is that six more than you? (laughs) All right. And the last time he did it, he was 59 years old. When asked how he did it, listen to this. Here's what he said. I've learned, some of you, this will change your life. I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. If I listen to myself, I hear all the doubts fears, and complaints of why I can't finish the race. But if I talk to myself, I can feed myself with the words I need to keep moving forward. Oh, that'll preach, huh? I believe today that some of you, if you'll quit listening to what the enemy wants to say in your head, the things he wants to speak into your life, that you're not enough, you'll never measure up, that you'll never amount to anything, that you're going down, that your health's getting worse, your finances are going to just be disintegrated before your very eyes, your business is going to go down, all these awful things, your marriage is tumbling, all these things, your children and never come home. All these things that he puts in your head and today you say, no, I identify that. I recognize what that is. That's trying to be a stronghold in my life and I'm going to take hold of that and I'm going to make it obedient unto Christ because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world and I believe that in God I have victory. How many have that victory today? You just keep moving forward. And I believe some of you are going to start moving in a new direction. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can take captive every thought. We can. And, and, And even scientists agree. If we'll do that, and if we just take as much as 12 minutes a day, it could change our brain it could change our minds so God help us to take at least 12 minutes to invest in this awesome 
mind that you've given to us. To not just let it randomly go about. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I've had some strongholds try to be built up in my mind. I've had the enemy trying to whisper things, speak things, tell things into my ear. But I'm saying today, I'm not going to pay attention to those things. I'm rising up in a new strength and a new power. I, I believe that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I believe that through God, I can do victorious things through his power, through his strength. And I just want to confess that over my life. How many of you join me and you'd say, yeah, that's me today. I'm just believing, trusting. My child is coming home. I will be well. I will live a long life. I will be blessed. I will not be cursed. I believe that. Father, today, I thank you for every hand that's raised in this place. I thank you, Lord, that we have the power to demolish those strongholds. We have the ability to take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ. And so, God, for those who are battling that right now, I pray that you'll help them to do it. I pray that you'll help them to do more than just hear this message. I pray that they'll put it into practice. And I thank you for what's going to happen in their life as a result. Maybe others of you it's not just the mind that's the issue, it's the heart. And the Bible says that, that our heart and our mind can be attached. That, that as we think and as we, as we pray things and as we cognitively acknowledge Jesus as Lord, that He comes and reigns over our hearts. In other words, over our emotions, over our whole very lives. And if you're here today and maybe you feel alone, separated, empty spiritually, maybe you've got stuff to occupy your time and you've got a lot of apps on your phone and you've got a lot of stuff going on in your life, but, but there's still this nagging emptiness, hollowness in your life. And if you're here this morning and you say, Craig, I don't want to walk out of here spiritually empty, spiritually bankrupt. I need someone to fill this void in my life. And I know it's not another person or a bunch more money. I believe what I need is a relationship with God. If you want to start that relationship or start it over here today, I'm going to invite you to do that right now. Just raise your hand. Say, yes, that's me this morning. I, I need to do that. Yes, 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 yes. Over here, God bless you. Hands around the room in several different places. All right, here's what we're going to do. Church family, just pray this with me. Everyone praying to encourage those who raise the hand to pray it. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me I believe his death on the cross paid the price for my past so I ask you to wash away my sin all that I've done wrong and all the empty years and I ask for a new start today as much as I know how I'm surrendering my life to you 
And I ask you to come in and fill the void, fill the emptiness with all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let's praise God for those who prayed that prayer.